Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Sandy Pars Podcast, your source for in-depth discussions about the world of golf for the amateur golfer. We're your hosts, Randy Duran and Ryan Munoz. On this episode, it's Major Week, baby. We quickly unpack the weekend in golf before diving into America's Major, the 121st U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Join us as we dissect the course, discuss our picks for the week, and welcome the return of our Nicholas's and Norman's segment. Stay tuned after the break. Welcome and thank you for joining us once again on the Sandy Pars Podcast, talking major week with my co-host, Ryan Munoz. How you doing, buddy? Hey, hey, I'm good. Uh, excited to talk some major golf. Um, it's U.S. Open week. Let's go, baby. I mean, come on. U.S. Open, America's favorite tournament. I mean, it rivals the Masters. The Masters is very iconic, but this is uh, the People's Tournament. Um, and we're, we're going to dive into that, um, among other things. We have that to talk about. We have a recent tournament to talk about uh, that we played in. We got some LPGA. Um, so let's just dive into this real quick. Let's let's dive into this tournament we played last weekend. We played a four-man multi-ball tournament, which is a, a format that I've never heard of before, um, and it's actually quite interesting. We played at Cypress Lakes in Vacaville, and for those of you who haven't played a four-man multi-ball tournament. It is essentially uh, every three holes it rotates. So the first hole, you take one score um, from all four participants. Second hole, you take two. Third hole, you take three. And that keeps rotating all the way through uh, the entire round there. And so there's a lot of pressure on the on the holes where you have to take three scores. Um, and that's really where it's all one. Yeah, that... I must say that the format seemed very confusing mm-hmm. um, when sent to you in paper or email form. Right. Very cool. I really enjoyed that format. I think I like it more than just your standard like best ball type of format. It it, it makes it it makes it interesting. Um, and like you said, the, you you need to bring it on those holes with with three scores getting taken. There's not much room for error. But I thought. I, I I wasn't I just was confused by it. It played out really easy. It was really right. really easy to keep score on, and and it was cool. I would love to play that format again. Uh, Cypress Lakes in Vacaville, um, you know, typical Muni, uh, Muni course. Uh, I thought the course was really cool. Um, you know, it's 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 a Muni. It's pretty much it's pretty wide open. Um, you could tell that it's it's missing some water because California is in such a fucking drought yeah. right now. Yep. Um, but the the tee boxes um, and most certainly the greens were in great shape. Don't want to get too much into the conditions or whatever, but I thought the course overall was in great shape. The design was really good. It really forced you to hit some shots. Like, design was cool. Some short dog legs with a lot of risk reward. Some um, abrupt, like really hard turning 90 degree dog legs where you should definitely hit and flush a two iron instead of hitting a driver, Kyle. Um <laughs> And so, uh, I mean, it really made you think out there. So, I mean, I mean, some some of the holes were pretty pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, uh, well, let's say this though that 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 there it was windy as fuck. It was. it was two to three club wind pretty much all day. So it definitely had some teeth. If you get a day out there where it's not very windy, I think we could have lit that place on fire for sure. Um, but from, and having knowing knowing the course a little bit better now too uh, right. is, is helpful. So Parker did a good job uh, trying to tell us how that course plays out, but um, he, he definitely directed uh, Kyle incorrectly on that on that hole where you should have definitely hit a, a long iron instead of a driver. Um, but other than that, like, what do you think? You know, went well while we were out there. All right, so um, what went well? I thought uh, I thought you and myself 
did a very good job of playing our own game um, and, and kind of we'll talk about this most likely next week, more of the mental side and what kind of reading some books and researching onto this. So for me, uh, I was very pleased personally just how I kept my cool mentally in the wind. I wasn't angered with shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I counted down three anyways, which we'll go back, but three poor shots where I was kind of indecisive, whether it was the wrong club or I didn't, I just didn't know what play to make. Mm-hmm. Those are my three worst shots of the day. I know exactly what ones of them, what what shots they were. Yep. Um, however, I came back with good recoveries after all those three shots. Um, I was, and in that wind, I was, I was pleased. Like I said, again, I hit a couple, you, I hit a couple great iron shots that I just hit too well. And I got to remember, you know, that I hit the ball a little bit higher now and I'm spinning it more. I, so they, I agree they ballooned up, but I didn't get frustrated over it. I knew it was where I wanted to hit the ball, right? right. It just got caught up in the wind. And that's what happens when it's fucking 30 mile per hour wind. I remember those, those two exact shots you hit them. They were, they were right at the flag. They were flushed and... They're those uh, those shots that you hit so good that they balloon up because you have all that spin from yep. hitting them so good. Yep. Um, yeah, that happened a couple times to you. And what can you do? I mean, and you even did club up on on those two shots. So um, it's just one of those situations where you got to know the course and you got to know, you know, you know how, how many club wind. It's playing in the wind, and it uh, was definitely a two club wind all day. And and yeah, and that one, you know, that was there's that par three where I hit that eight iron and I went first uh, and, and I was cool with that. Right. At least right. I was helpful to you guys because everyone clubbed up after that and, and got on Over. it in a round. Yeah. So unfortunately, that was one of the the holes that all three score. Or we needed three scores. And I think everybody doubled that. Um including myself. So, yep. Yep. Um, but no, I, I, I thought that, you know, that for me personally, that's what I, I took away. Uh, what about yourself? Um, I think that I hit, uh, I hit my irons well, I think, um, I think I had some, uh, some good putting. Uh, I would have to say my favorite shot of the day wasn't really a shot, but a putt when I, I was looking at a downhill putt and I could just tell that this thing was going to go in, I was able to call my shot. Yep. 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 I remember uh, that. Ver- very Jack Straub esque. Um, I didn't apologize, but I knew it was going in. Um, I hit. I hit a couple of good, uh, a few good drives, a few good shots off the tee. Hit some, hit some long or some some uh, longer par threes. Uh, hit the green, um, but yeah, I mean, I have to agree with what you were saying earlier. I think my mental game is is in a, the best spot it's ever been. And and you you brought up the anyways, and what an anyway is for those that are listening, is a shot where you aren't say that you're in between clubs or say that you say it's cart path only. Say say how about this? Say say you and your partner are opposite handed golfers right. and you spray balls to the complete you both pull balls to the complete opposite side of the property. And you're four hundred yards <laughs> apart. And so one person has to get out with their clubs and then the other person has to go, you know, they get to take all the clubs to their shot. And you instead of waiting for the club for uh you know, get to get the right club, you hit a club that you just happen to have on you anyway. Um, that's an anyway shot. Or if you hit a putt, not knowing where the read is. That's yeah, an anyway. or you're just not confident, right? right. Uh, I had three anyways. Two ended up, two ended up uh, poorly. One ended up good. When we were across the course, that mm-hmm. one ended up well. I just punched a five iron out of this hazard and ran it up. But yeah, the my second one was a dead shank for me, um, and I was in between. 
whether to go at it with like a, a nine iron or go, mm -hmm. go, or excuse me, go at it with a pitching wedge or try to choke down a nine iron. And I essentially was just, I never committed to the shot. Right. And I still hit anyways and I fucking sliced it into a tree. That's um, right. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I would say that went well was I got really, really lucky all day. Um, I, I actually, I had a couple unlucky bounces, but I, on the front nine, I hit two, three, I think I hit three shots that should have been not found out of bounds and was able to recover and make par on, on all those holes. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think we kind of touched on what we were focusing on, yep. you know, mainly the mental game, uh, I was focusing on picking the target line. I could see that you were doing that too and just sending it on on yeah. you know, sending it on its line. Yep. Um what were your takeaways from it? Um my takeaway was this, A, uh that that I felt much more relaxed and comfortable than I did out at Silverado. Um at my experience baby. Yeah. So definitely a lot less jitters. Mm -hmm. Um again, we're not, you know, playing for a ton of money or anything like that, but it's still, you know, competitive. So um I felt much more comfortable and then when I looked at those scores, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. I'm these old motherfuckers that play these golf tournaments. How are they? There was multiple thirty handicaps on there, so they're getting two strokes on twelve holes. We saw we saw a couple the winning, thirty-eight handicaps. The on winning there. crew, uh, you know, and so it's discouraging because I think the handicap system is great, but it's just, you know, it's the honor system. And so Barry Nevs, I'm calling you out in your 38 handicap. If, you, if you're playing in a Sunday golf tournament, a Sunday four man golf tournament, the chances of you being a 38 handicap, you know what I mean? Are yeah, outrageous. You I play agree. some regular golf. You're clearly, you're not just like, that's someone that's like first picked up a club. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's absurd. You're that's, already so I, I just don't buy that. Um, so that's my takeaway. Fuck these old motherfuckers. They're lying about their <laughs> handicaps. I'm coming for you. I'm not posting anything under 90. We're, talk we're talking <laughs> handicap manipulation. Um, awesome. Awesome. So that, yeah, a great tournament. It, it was really fun. To, it was just fun to be out there. Uh, we had some great weather. It was nice and warm. Uh, I mean, we had a lot of wind, but other than that, everything was perfect. Um, just yeah. another tourney under the belt, baby. Just, yeah, just many more gaining experience. Um, obviously, we had a, a great weekend last weekend. We're at the Women's U.S. Open, uh, and the, the the ladies played again this week here in San Francisco at Lake Merced. Sadly, they didn't allow any any patrons there, unless you remember at at, at Lake Merced, which was which was a huge bummer because we'd have definitely would have definitely went. I would have went Saturday for sure. I felt bad for the uh, the ladies because. You could tell they were juiced. Anyone that, you, you know, following Sunday's round at the U.S. Open, everyone was saying they loved having the fans back, the gallery, yeah. the energy there. And so you go from this great energy to there was still people there, members only and, you know, sponsor stuff. But um, just a little bit of kind of a letdown uh, emotionally and I think kind of for the energy. But I thought the tournament was great. One of these days we're going to do uh, uh, Lake Merced you know, course review, or at least, you know, go over the course. But from what I gather, what the, what the ladies were talking about early in the week was, you know, this is a, this is like a major caliber course that they talk about. And uh, from what I understand, they, they play it every year. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it just, is it, is it after they're open every single year? Do they always come out here? No. Uh, it's usually in this time of year, like April, May-ish. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not sure whether it got jumbled up with COVID. It obviously didn't happen last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know kind of what the, how that schedule falls in play. I don't normally – I believe this is normally earlier in the season prior mm-hmm. to the majors. Gotcha. Um, so give us a rundown real quick. I didn't get to watch much of it. Um, all right. So rundown, right. A, it, hopefully it was on in prime time. Hopefully people caught it on Sunday night. Uh because it was cool. The fog was in heavy. Nice. Um, the gals couldn't really see their ball going through the, like, the you know, it was close to being a fog, fog delay. But where it's at, right, you, you know, they're showing, like, the 18th hole you can hardly see. And then they're showing the 15th hole and it's clear as day. Mm-hmm. So uh, just a true insight for people that aren't familiar with golf in the bay area and yeah. san francisco specifically it was uh i loved it just because it was city golf 101 mm-hmm. right um shout out to the winner matilda castron she's the first finnish born lpga winner um and then on on that note she came out this wasn't on the coverage um, but they showed them she came out birdied the first six holes uh, six under through six, almost aced the sixth hole. Oh my god! Took the lead. Right, she was down maybe a couple shots. She was in the final group, mm-hmm. but kind of grabbed the tournament, you know, by the horns there, and then just wow. held on to that lead. I can, can you imagine birding going six under through six? If, if you're playing with her, what are you thinking? It's like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a long day for myself. Uh, it still got close. Went down to the last, you know, last hole. The the okay. um, runner up had a chance to eagle, but. No, she won. Uh, she's just up a year from the Symmetra Tour. So, you know, the pay gap between these gals, you could see the relief on her face when she had won because, you know, she A, earns whatever PGA card, LPGA card for the next handful of years, mm-hmm. but she got to pay for, you know, all those tournaments and stuff. So um, you could really see the relief on her face when she won, knowing that she got, uh, you know, a lot of cash and, and doesn't have to worry financially. It's always awesome to see like a first time, not necessarily a first time winner. I'm not sure if she's a first time winner. Oh, she has first time. Yeah. So when you see a first time winner on any type of tour, you can tell it's, it's a life changing experience for him. So that's that's really awesome. Cool, to see. cool little side note. She won. She went to Florida State. Her teammate from Florida State actually won the Symmetra Tour event on Sunday. So oh wow, uh, two teammates winning events. That's that's fucking sweet. Great recruiting day for the uh, Florida State Lady Seminole program. Awesome. Uh, did you? What? Oh, I was gonna say. Speaking of winning, uh, I had a couple golf bets I put out on IG. The two, uh, the two PGA bets. Harold Varner didn't make the cut. Um, cool, good move. HV three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then my man Poltz just missed the top ten. But I took uh, one of my new favorite LPGA players, Soyeon Yu, over Lexi Thompson. That ended up being a breeze. Uh, Lexi kind of faded, which I expected to happen after the U.S. Open stuff. Kind of let down, yeah. Uh, and So Young's played really well there over her career. She finished tied for third. So that bet hit. And then I got to touch on uh, our little Bay Area killer out here. Uh, I don't know the rules of getting your LPGA card, but Lucy Lee is, I believe she's from like San Bruno, right around the Peninsula area. Mm-hmm. She, I know she... Like grew up playing Mariners Point. She's a she's a member at Lake Merced, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so eighteen year old, she finished tied for thirteenth, fresh off of that. That's her first LPGA non major start. Wow. Her first start was the week before where she finished top twenty uh at the US Open. And these were two killer fields. So 
again, I don't know the ins and outs of getting. This is the Sam Lucy Lee that qualified for the U.S. Open at mm -hmm. 11. Yep. Uh, I don't know the ins and outs of getting your LPGA card. You know, what what makes you exit. But to me, you finish top 20 in the U.S. Open and you get an exemption to. I know it's her home course. She's played there very well. Right. But still, the level of competition, it's not like she was playing compared to the Palmetto Championship. Right, right. Uh, right. So she's, there's still, we still had six of the top 10 players in the world in this field. You got to think it's only uh, a matter of time, though. Give her her card. She's 18 years old. Um, so. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. Congrats to her on showing out in, in front of her friends and family. Um, and Lucy, if you hear this, which I know you will because I'm going to clip this and put it on Instagram. When you're back in the Bay Area, if you're looking for a strength coach, let's go. We'll get you. Uh, I'm the best golf strength coach in the Bay Area, hands down. We'll we'll, uh, we'll get you right. Awesome, man. Uh, great, great weekend. Um, that pretty much wraps wraps that up. Should we get into the main um, event here? The I men's, agree. The men's 121st U.S. Open um, at legendary Torrey Pines. A little bit about this course here. We got, we got this course playing seven seventy six hundred yards at a par of seventy one. Normally it's a seventy two for us plebes that go out there and play. Uh, you know, on the weekends, they took out uh, number six is a par four. Well, it just underwent a new a, a new renovation in twenty eighteen, right for the U.S. Open to lengthen out, I believe, a couple holes. A couple of them by the same guy who redid it in two thousand two, which is Reese Jones. Reese Jones did a has a, a course out here in the Bay Area, Corica, uh, that he redid. I, I'm not, I think he did both courses, uh, south and north course out there in Alameda. Beautiful courses, can't get a tee time, but great nonetheless. I did not know he uh, designed Corica. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Um, as everybody knows, uh, second time hosting the U.S. Open. Um, and we'll get into the last time it was there, uh, you know, in 2008. I know exactly where I was. I know a couple guys that had a hell of a hell of a Monday. Picked a hell of a day to have a day. Yeah, picked a hell of a day to have a day. Um, this is just some just some course facts here. Um, it was opened in 1957, designed by William Bell and uh, William P. Bell and his son William F. Bell. Um, part, uh, prior to being shaped for a golf course, the land was part of Camp Callan, a, na a naval training center, which is par for the course. Yeah, pun intended. It was in for World, San Diego. World War II Naval Training Center. Yep. Um, again, it's a it, it's a municipal course. Anybody can play it. We'll be playing it in in late August, so we'll be giving a course review on that. We're pretty I, excited. I, on that note, I love when majors are held at muni courses. That people act, yeah, like, like uh, Pebbles, Pebbles, very similar. Pebble, Harding last year, I believe that was the first PGA championship to be held at a Muni course. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's great for the game. Um, and you get all these, we, you know, we talked about how we have the influx of new golfers and golf's never been as big as it has been, you know, with the pandemic and everything now kind of post pandemic, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um but I think it's great to get more, you know, your your again, just get engagement. Um if you're yeah. watching, you know, a, a course that's a private country club. Yeah, it looks cool, but it's also really cool to know that you've played Torrey Pines before, or you're gonna play there. Um, well, and that and that's one and that's one of the allures of like a Pebble Beach, right? Because you can go out there and you can walk in the footsteps of giants. You know, yep. you're walking around and, and and you can remember when this happened here and that happened there. And I mean that that's something that really sticks with the average golf, you know, yeah, golf hundred percent. Um, 
it's going to be a beast of a course. Obviously, it's not as long as uh, Kiowa, um, but what from what I've heard all week is the the pros are exce- are expecting it to play longer because of the marine layer, like we were just talking about here in San Francisco. They get a lot of fog. They got get a lot of uh, a, a dense air out there. So it's going to be really exciting to see these guys how they can navigate that beast of a course. They reduced the the fairways by twenty percent. The rough, I mean, everyone's seen it on Instagram. It's it's insane. Uh, one thing that I keep hearing the big guys talk about, and Bryson touched on it in a, on his interview today after he answered my question that I asked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about how the rough is it's four different types of grass because it's a muni course. So people, so golfers who come from all over the world, they wear their golf spikes out there and they seed the course, you know, all around. So you can hit into four inch, five inch deep rough. And it's not just the same consistency. From, like it from, would be from, like a wing foot. From what I've been, what I've heard, um, listening to a lot of players and, and, uh, a little bit of like PGA radio on XM on no, no free ads. Sorry, serious. Um, but, uh, it's patchy. So there's certain parts where it's very thick and there's other parts where it's not quite as thick the common thing I've been or I've kind of seen from players is that regardless of where you're at around the green, it is terribly thick. Um, so you may be able to get away with the uh, some fairway rough, but I think you need to be very precise with your irons. What I looked at as we get into kind of our picks and stuff was strokes gained approach was my biggest, the, the category I was looking at the most um, because if you and you better be able to scramble, but I mean, mm-hmm. even if you scramble well, it's a whole different ball game when you're trying to chip chunk and run it, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I'm very excited to see how it plays out. Um, one of the things that I thought was really cool to t- uh, to touch upon, since it is the U.S. Open, is a little history on the trophy. So uh, the original two-handled cup trophy that we see today uh, was destroyed by fire in 1946. Um, one of the previous champions uh, had, had lost it in a fire outside of Chicago. They re they re uh, they made a replica of the trophy in 1947, and you can see how they add names on it every single year when somebody wins it. Um, and that replica remained in service, passed from champion to champion until 1986, when it was permanently retired, and that sits in the museum as well as the original cup. Today, the U.S. Open Open Champion receives possession of the 1986 full-scale replica, um, and the other two trophies reside in the uh, U.S. Uh, in the USGA Golf Museum in New Jersey. So that's pretty cool. How they, I've always wondered that. Like you know, you see the, you see these these trophies, and it's like, is that the original? Is that the one that you know the original uh, uh, original winner of the the very first tournament had? Like you know, what goes on with that? You never expect it to be the exact same, yeah, exact yeah. same one. But that's kind of cool that they. They kind of shared that type of information with us. Um, the field obviously is huge. Uh, well, we so, didn't have this big of a field last year at the U.S. Open because right. we had no uh, qualifiers. qualifiers. So, on that note, sixty-eight players qualified in like last-minute qualifiers to play in the U.S. Open. That's what makes the U.S. Open such a great, uh, iconic tournament. Like it's 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 a true open in the spirit of that type of tournament. 36 hole qualifier mm-hmm. um, two Mondays ago. So that was the one that uh, sadly Ricky Rick missed Fowler out. missed by one stroke. Um, 
we can't talk about we can't talk about the field and pairings without the one that everybody was looking forward to. Uh, we've been we talked about this for weeks, hoping that the USGA would pair the 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 three previous USGA US Open winners, uh, Gary Woodland, Brooks Kepka, and Bryson DeChambeau, um, and that did not happen. the The pairings came out yesterday. It was clear that they were not going to be playing together. Uh, we will get into where they're playing um, and who they're playing with later uh, or next. But not to see those two together was kind of a major letdown. Well, uh, I thought that they always paired the previous champions right. with each other, so I thought it was just a shoe in. And we had um, talked about that. Yeah. And yeah. so apparently, and you know, I was watching, I was watching Golf Channel, and they were talking about how the USGA was trying to do that. Um, I guess for the last couple of weeks, if you listen to the USGA story or you listen to Brad Faxon. Uh, the agents were reached, uh, were, were contacted for each um, of those golfers, Gary Woodland, Brooks Kepka, and Bryson DeChambeau. The only notable response that we got was from Bryson DeChambeau's agent, apparently, who said uh, no and declined that pairing. Now, I'm not saying that Brooks's agent didn't say that. I'm not saying that Gary Woodland's agent didn't decline as well. But when I watched all three interviews today, uh, uh, Brooks said that um, he was never contacted. His agent was never contacted. And um, when Bryson was asked, he said, I was never asked that directly. So that makes me think that's that, a dance around. That's a dance that's around. A dance around. Um, and you hear and you heard his uh, when I heard his response earlier too. he was talking about, oh, yeah, you know, if, if we end up getting paired together because of the circumstances of the, of the event, you know, that'll be great. That makes me think even further that he didn't want to be paired up on the first two days and be distracted here and let's go Brooksy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he was even saying that he welcomes that and he had a smile on his face and that goes counterintuitive to what we heard a couple weeks ago when guys were getting quote thrown off the course for, uh, for saying, let's go Brooksy. Now there was never any video of that. I didn't see any proof of that at, uh, at Memorial. So, so, so yeah, here's, here's, um, you know, I was, I got a chance to listen to Spieth's interview today and they were talking to him about it and they asked him, you know, how he felt about it. And, and I always, I'm curious how other players do feel. I don't know. Speed seemed somewhat annoyed by it, which I can totally agree on. Why, you know, like if you're Jordan Speed, why are you asking me about what Bryson, if Bryson yeah. and Brooks are? I'm trying to win a major, right? Right, right. And so I can see how if you're another player too, it's frustrating just to, you know, constantly kind of deal with it and you're, you're trying to deal with something else. So in the mainstream, I think it's great for golf, like we said, right. except it's not happening unless right. it happens on the weekend. But um, And that'll be even better. Um, but other than that, like some, some notable pairings that we got. So okay. since we didn't get Kepka and DeChambeau, um, I, have a, I, have a, I have four here that I, I'm pretty pumped. So two in the morning, two in the afternoon, and they're, and they're both pretty close to each other here. So um, we, got, we got Morikawa. Kepka and JT, yep. seven thirty in the morning, um, teeing off in the back there. Uh, that's that's going to be a, a a great um, a great threesome just because they all three play very different styles. I think you know JT's got a great all around game. Kepka obviously is more of a bomber out of the rough type guy. Great short game, uh, great putter. And then you got Morikawa, accurate off the tee, accurate into the green. Not a great putter. He is number one in the category I looked at. Uh, which is strokes gained approach, but like you said, putting um, 
is the area of concern for Mr. Morikawa. Yeah. And if the greens are going to be rock hard, if they're going to be super fast, and, you know. And you're right. Yeah, they all kind of bring something different to the table because JT really has just been struggling off the tee. Yeah, bad. Dude, he's really been struggling off the tee ever since that he... Uh, since the, the, the players. Yeah, the, the players. players. And... Um, it seems like he was... He was he, he he perfected that, like, that, that super hard... Uh, what do you call it? Like a... a, a Hook draw, hook draw is what he was calling it, and that really did him well there. Uh, obviously, towards the end, that won it for him. Bro, you know what Manolo says? You can't. You can talk to a fade. You can't talk to a hook. No, no, you can't. No, <laughs> and that. I mean, that's uh, Cypress Lakes all day when I was hooking shots into the into the bushes over there. Um, we got some SoCal love with Homa, Phil, and Xander. They're also teeing up in the, before eight o'clock at seven fifty one. Um, I mean, you know, other than them being all Southern, Southern California boys looking for, you know, looking for Phil to, to play well after, uh, winning the PGA championship. What um, do you think? I just think it's too much. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, as much as I would love to see Phil win it, what are really the odds that he wins the PGA and the U S open if, you know? to win back to back majors at over the age of 50, he just turned 51 too this week. So be incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he, he skyrockets himself up into the, the legit goat conversation. I think if he that. gets a top 10, they should just give him the trophy. That's some, you know, that's some bullshit. Like he's, he's 51. Like he has, you know, he's got arthritis and shit. Um, <laughs> DJ Rory and Justin Rose, um, one thirty six. uh, you know, Justin Rose isn't that big of a draw for myself, but seeing DJ and Rory. Past US Open winner though. I know, I know. DJ and Rory out there. Uh, we'll get into my thoughts on on Rory later on, but yeah. I, I think that uh, that'll be a fun group to watch at least for the first couple of days since they're playing together. Yeah, I mean, it's just I would you'd think on DJ touching on DJ. There's going to be a point where he puts it together and we see 2020, late 2020 DJ, right? Um, and that's a very you know, that's a guy to be scared of and no matter what tournament you're playing and what conditions are are like. So I have to agree with that. I think that the the Masters lull is over. I think that him winning that uh tournament, I think he kinda eased off the gas a little bit, which I don't blame him for. I Not mean, just the man think of how he finished twenty twenty. Right, exactly. I mean, just dominating, right? Dominating. Dominated the FedEx. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I agree. I think, you know, motivation might not be there quite as much, but now it's it's time to go. I I'm not going to put my money on DJ, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him finish pretty well here this week. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of starting to think about maybe putting some I've, money I'm, on I'm, I, Who knows? Maybe last minute. I maybe. might be on there on Instagram tomorrow maybe. night. Maybe. Uh, and then the other group I had on here was the Dallas boys. Spieth, Scheffler, and Zalatoris. I mean, Zalatoris, was, he's technically a San Francisco boy. He was born out here. Um, but we, but, but um, those guys all reside in the Dallas area, grew up in the Dallas area. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them had a great showing. Those are three yeah, guys playing really well I'm, right you, now. You may I may put someone in a Norman category here. Mm. Uh, I worry about Scotty Scheffler and his short game. He's he's great, but sometimes putting, boy, he um misses like three footers and and some, you know, makeable putts for a pro. Mm -hmm. And uh given the firmness to be expected of these greens. He might be in for a long, a long, long week. I always just feel like he's like a he's like a streaky player. Like he can he can have a, he can go out there and have a great round. Obviously, I think if he starts out well, look out for him. Right. But um, 
again, you know, you then you miss a couple putts, and 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 then who knows what happens. Um, and just to recap, DJ, the DJ Rory Rose group is at one thirty six. Spieth, Scheffler, Zalatoris, one twenty five. So you kind of got your morning guys here that we mentioned uh, with the Morikara, Kepka, JT group, and the SoCal boys, Homa, Phil, and Xander. Those are all before eight o'clock. So tune in early. Um, Storylines, like I mean, we kind of we kind of touched on kind of touched on them. I guess the one that we didn't touch on is uh, John Rom, right? Right, cleared and all this stuff. I listened to his interview today too. Um, you know what the hell? Let's Me just too. segue it into Nicholas's and Norman's. I'm gonna, uh, if you don't mind, I don't. I'll go into my my Nicholas's here. John Rom is one of my Nicholas's. He's the betting favorite, so you know it's a chalky pick, but. I thought he sounded very relaxed this morning. Mm-hmm. He got a negative test two day. He got a net. He got double negative tests on Thursday, Friday. So he was able to get out there Saturday and get some time in. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it would have been today. That would have been his first time out there. Yep. Um, he plays really well on this course. Plays really well out here. He's extra motivated. Um, and and like I said, from hearing his presser today. He was just, I, I just, it sounded like a dude that was really comfortable with kind of where his mental game's at. And, Very real and, about the situation, too. He's, yeah, he, he was. He, he was super he, candid about it all. He should have, he owned it, too. He was like, you know, they. I knew I was in contact tracing, and I knew this was a possibility when I started my round on Saturday. So it wasn't like they pulled me off as a complete shock. It was just a bummer. Yeah. He, you know, he he knew that it was a possibility. No, that's what happen. changed. I was skeptical of, of, of kind of how he was going to do, but I listened to that today, and mm-hmm. I I, I, th- I think he's poised for a great weekend. Who else you got for your Normans? All right. I'm sorry, for your Nicholases. My Nicholases. I'm going to go to a local boy that uh, fumbled the Masters, his last major, uh, in Xander Shoffley. I think this is his home course. Grew up playing there. I'm I'm not the biggest Xander guy, but um, I, I I just this dude he's got he's got a game that seems to be built for majors. It's a matter of time before he wins one. I think he would love to win one here. I'm a little concerned that maybe he's putting a little extra pressure on himself, right? Being at home, but he seems to be pretty sound in his own mental game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he again, hasn't been playing that great of late. Um, I think. Uh, he, after the masters, you know, I, I started betting on him a little bit more and he, you know, missed a couple cuts, uh, kind of seemed out of sorts considering that before that he was a top 25 machine. Yep. Yep. And that makes, you know, a little bit of sense. He missed the cut at the PGA, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're both on him at the PGA. That's so, right. you know, in that sense, again, it's kind of, I, I think he's going to be a little bit more motivated. So mm-hmm. I got him on there. I mean, my Nicholas's Normus's Normans were whack for the the Masters, so you might as well. You may want to just turn around and bet the opposite of these. Well, I, uh, I hit I hit on all mine. So. I know. I uh, and then uh, my last one is Willie Z. Um, again, this is a guy who is great at strokes gained approached. Right. And he was there in the master. Or he was there in the Masters. Struggled a little bit more in the PGA, mm-hmm. but he's also kind of had some time down. I think he was a little bit worn down um, from that. He's played a lot. He's of played golf. a lot of golf and a lot of hype going around him going into the Masters. He's getting it's sponsors. Kinda, kinda he's got a signed private checks jet. Down. It's uh, but it's kind of died down a little bit for him, which I think is very good. Right. Um, Lots of trips to the bank that can wear you out. Um, excellent, excellent. I think uh, so. My Nicholas's. Um, a couple of these aren't going to surprise anybody. 
Uh, actually, all of them won't surprise anybody because they're Nicholas's. Um, I'm going Kepka in the U.S. Open. Big shock. Uh, but that's what that, that's the spirit of a Nicholas, right? Who's good? Who's gonna Who's gonna perform well? I think uh, Brooks. He shaved the goatee. He's he's all business now. Uh, that was he was pissed after losing the PGA. He was he was pissed. So I think that he he's healthier than he was the PGA Championship. That course was extremely long. The rough and and hazards were insane. I think that this isn't going to be any any different for him. I think it, it actually might play a little bit easier for him in terms of not having to to hit out of uh, bushes in the sand like he was doing. I think I think the biggest thing is is just more time from the surgery right. and to get healthy. What I think people kind of miss, what gets lost in it is just, you know, walking through all that terrain over four mm-hmm. days when you had a fucking knee surgery three months ago is that does a number on you. And yep. so I, I, to me, I thought he might have been a little bit tired on mm-hmm. the final round at the PGA. Um, and you know, it's a month later and the body can heal quickly in a month. You're talking to a guy that's not struggling for financial means to get good recovery and, you know, all the best care in the world. So I think that's a huge factor in Brooks's performance. Um, totally agree on all fronts. I I think that if if he, if it would be so fitting, if he won the U.S. Open. I'd love to see him win it. I'd love to see After Bryson and like, you know, with the, all the Bryson drama going on right now, if he, if he, if he was the one who, who brought home the trophy and, you know, essentially took it back from Bryson. That He's would be, the greatest heel yes, in golf, if yes. that's the case. Um, second, Nicholas, I'm going to have uh, Jordan Spieth. And it this one is probably the one I'm most worried about because, as everyone knows, he's not that great off the tee. Uh, however, he's great out of these these miracle shots. Yep. Uh, and I, I just think that you know he was there at the PGA Championship for a few days, and I feel like it's it's going to be very similar to that. And and he's going to have to hit some crazy, uh, you know, bailout shots that we all know that he he's capable. He's of. the man. Uh, been playing good. I have to, or I feel the need to pick him because you know he was one of the predict- predictions I had going into this season that he was going to have a really big bounce back year and I'm really hoping <laughs> I'm really hoping that he brings home a major this season um after after you know 2 3 years of really struggling. Yep. I mean you and everyone. Right. 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 I'm not I'm not the only Speeth fan. I'm not necessarily a Speeth guy. I just you see a guy that's that was at the top I like, like Spieth, that. Right. Right, right. But like you see you know He's a positive self-talk guy. You and I are positive self-talk guys now exactly. on the course. Exactly. Um, and then my last one is Morikawa. I kind of wrote him off after the PGA because I just felt like he wasn't quite ready yet. You know, he's really young. He kind of just came out. He didn't really come out of nowhere when he won uh, the PGA Championship at Harding Park. But I just, I, I feel like, you know, there's a, there's kind of like a, an ascension that happens for someone's golf mm-hmm. game or, or their career or whatever. And I felt like he just like jumped. He skipped a step. He's, yeah, he skipped yeah. a step. So I, I just expected to catch up to him. But I w- I've been wrong. Like he's been he's been in contention. Uh, Seems a, like when he tries a new putter out, he putts really well. Right. And then, and then after like a week with it, he stinks with it. Exactly. So maybe put a new putter in the bag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's extremely accurate off the tee. He's going to stay out. He's going to stay we out. We know he's going to fucking kill his irons. Yes. And if he kills his irons out there... Um, you know, maybe the putting won't, won't be as big of a deal. You know, the greens, from what I understand out there at, uh, at Torrey Pines, it's, it's, it's not extremely difficult to put out there. It's still hard, very hard, but, uh, you know, maybe that won't be as much of a factor as we think. 
Um, should I should I jump into my my Normans? Yeah, go into your Normans and I'll piggyback. All right. This one, the, the first one hurts because I predicted a big year from this guy and it was looking all good after the after the players. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna start off with JT. Uh, after the after the you know after the the players, JT has been really struggling off the tee. He's kind of been struggling with his golf game for for JT standards. Yeah, what, what I'm getting at. He looks uh, like a normal golfer, right? He looks like yeah, he looks like a you know middle of the pack guy. Uh, he's a guy that you would expect to have a chance to win it, but I just don't think that he's going to be necessarily in the top twenty, uh, maybe not even in the, in the top you know thirty or forty, just because have, of how he struggled out there at, at Kiowa. Um, and I hate to say that because I think that he's got the best all around game in, in on the PGA yeah. Tour. Yeah, it'll come back, but I agree with you. Um, yeah. I wasn't as quick to put him in my Normans, but I, I, I don't think he'll... I'm not betting on him. Right. Um, second, Rory McIlroy. And I think this is a guy that you and I both have. We do. Um, so we can I kind of both talk on this. Like and piggybacking, this is one of my guys for a breakout. Right. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's not necessarily... I think he's... McElroy's trending in the right direction. He kind of got away from whatever he was doing that was trying to catch up to Bryson in terms of distance. I mean, it's like, why would you work on, you know, okay, now you're second instead of first in terms of being one of the best drivers yeah, on yeah, tour. Why would, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I just haven't seen enough of, from him. I really do hope he wins. That'll be great. If he's in contention, I'm going to be rooting for him. Same with JT. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the same for me, man. I, I, I want Roars to have a great season. Um, I think the win at Quail Hollow was more. I think at the end, I think at the end of the year, that's going to go down as kind of more of an outlier for his year. Yeah. Than the the tone for his year, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to, like you said, I'd love to be wrong on this one um, and, and see him up in contention. But right. I just, I'm not sure that the game is quite there yet. Yeah, and we, and we said this uh, during the Masters, and we kind of forgot to do our Nicholas and Normans for the PGA Championship, but. Our Normans are guys that we would love to see in contention. These are just guys that we think are going to underperform. Um, and then lastly, I think this goes against one of the guys you're betting on uh, is, uh, is Shoffley. I, I just haven't seen a lot from him um, after, the, after the Masters. I think he's kind of uh, regressed a little bit mm -hmm. with his game. Like I said, uh, he was a top 25 monster. You can set your watch to him before that tournament and i think that he's kind of doing the thing where okay where what, what i what do i need to improve to win these types of tournaments so i think he's kind of went back a little bit taking a step back and you know that's what these guys do yeah uh you know they're they're always searching to to what's going to give them the next edge exactly exactly so those are my guys uh who do you got all right i got roars like we touched on um my next is patrick cantley uh, this guy was a guy I was all over at the PGA, underperformed. He seems to be a habitual major underperformer. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just fading him. Um, and then my last one is uh, Bryson. I'm going to fade. Ooh, so I, like I think this course is going to play a lot different than the strategy that he was able to And he uh, talked in his, interview, in his interview today that he thinks it's going to be very similar, but it's not going to be as easy to get out of the rough, right? I don't think the U.S. I don't think the USGA 
once what happened that last Sunday where he's just bombing it and chunking, running it out and, mm-hmm. and playing for par like that. So I think there's going to set this up a little bit differently to score better. Um, and I don't necessarily know that, that Bryson's going to be able to, and I think he's going to, part of why I put him on here is because I think he's going to try the same plan. It, it, he he fucking is the U.S. Open champion because right. of it. So why not? Right. Um, but I just I got a hunch that it's just not going to work this week. Um, and so for that reason, I'm putting him on on the Normans. Would you bet on him to miss the cut? Mm. It would depend on the odds, I would assume. Yeah, right? maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, assuming that it's a good payout, which I believe it probably will be. Yeah, I would. Excellent. So speaking of what you put money on. What are you putting money on this week? All right. I am. I got some bets. I got a couple top. That was a greedy hand rub. I got some top 20s here. I got two top 20s for us. I got Ryan Palmer at plus 400. uh, Dude that typically plays well when it's played here at the Farmers in Mm -hmm. in January, February. Again, another good approach guy. Um, Kind of always creeping around the top 20 in majors and, and tournaments. I feel like I always see him. I, always, I feel like I always see him just hanging in there. You know. Then I'm going to go to a former U.S. Open champion at Pebble Beach. Kind of similar. You know, or- Oceanside course. Poana Greens. Poana Greens. Putted like a fucking madman when he won it on the Poana. Is yep. Gary Woodland plus 300 at a, at a top 20. I'm going to get a guy that's really good iron player. In particular, really good long iron player. Um, so I got those two as top twenties, top tens. I like Paul Casey plus four hundred. Okay, Popeye forearms. You know he can get out of that rough. Mm-hmm. Um, a dude that I'm gonna touch on again. I loved. I is Charlie Hoffman plus six hundred for the top ten. The way I saw an interview with him on Monday, mm-hmm. and he the confidence with which he said his plan. Uh, just I'm sold. What he, he said, say? he said, I'm I'm if if the shot calls for it, I'm just aiming for greenside bunkers because I'm not I love my sand game and I'm not gonna fuck with chipping out of out rough. of that that rough around the greens and like that's not often you hear like hey I'm gonna hit into the fucking bunker right um, right and so that sounds like a dude with the plant it could backfire. I heard multiple completely. people in their interviews today talk about how the, how the how the sand was super nice there. Um, Justin Rose touched on it. Bryson touched on it. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot See, of guys a lot have, more guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he sounded confident in it. Uh, again, he's kind of always around the leaderboard. Um, while I'm talking about him, I'm gonna throw around because Charlie Hoffman is Mister Round One. Mister Round One. I'm putting a bet on him for Round One leader at plus seven thousand. Oh, how about that? A little fun on Round One. Yeah, Let's go. Um, back to my top tens. Coke rack plus six hundred. Uh, again, another guy that's really good strokes gained approach, um, and then I got Abraham Answer at plus six hundred. Um, Answer was a guy I was big on earlier in the year, but he just never cashed in for me. Yeah, I think you know, he, I'd like. To, who knows? He that's another guy that we're kind of just waiting for his breakout win or you know a big performance in a major. So mm-hmm. those are my top tens, top twenties. What do you got for kind of that region? Then we'll get into our winners. All right. Top tens. I'm going to go deep in the well. I like this pick. I see it on there. Tyler Strafasi, U.S. Open winner. uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, U.S. Amateur winner at Bandon Dunes. Bandon Dunes, last year. Last year. 
Uh, I, I've seen him flirt with the top of the leaderboard a couple times this year when he's been able to play. Uh, you know, he's plus 6,600. So I'm going to throw, throw a couple units on him. Just, nice. Just, you know, get that, you know get that Harry Hicks payout, baby. Yeah, I mean, just come on. Uh, I just feel like someone's going to be up there in, in the top 10 that you don't expect. Um, he's he's young, coming off of a, a, a West Coast um, victory like he did in college. Um, I just think that he has a, a really good chance of all those long shots of, of being up there. I, every time I see him, every time I watch him play, he's just, he's in it. He's got a good iron game. No, I uh, like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, my second pick is for the top 10. I got Leishman, 650. He's one of my favorite iron. Uh, one of the guys I watch play his irons extremely well. It's another dude that's probably going to plan to hit into the bunkers because all the Aussie players uh, are are huge bunker guys, yeah. right? I mean, I, I swear, uh, watching um, whenever Leishman's like, whenever they're showing him, I feel like he just hits really good iron shots in the greens. And um, I, I just feel. Anybody who has a great iron game, obviously, I picked Morikawa. I, I I think that he's gonna you know ha- have success there. Uh, I'm not sure how he is off the tee. To be honest with you, he's probably not that great. Um, but he's a big guy. I think he can handle the rough pretty well. He's good out of the sand, and he's a he's a decent putter. Uh, my last my last pick I just mentioned Morikawa for a top ten plus two twenty five. You know if I'm going. Long shot with Strafasi at plus 6,600. Take a little chalk. I'm going Leishman at plus 650. Uh, I'm going to go Marikawa at plus 225. You know, I, I, like I said earlier, I, I expected him to fade um, a little bit, but he's proven me wrong. He's played really good at some difficult courses, and I just I, – I, I, why not this weekend? Why, why, why would this weekend not be the one that he won his second major already and just cements himself as one of the – you know, the premier young guns coming out of college. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. Winners. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to our man. I'm going to, I got to be on the train. Mm. Brooks Kepka plus 1600. Um, and then my round one leader, I like, uh, like I said, I liked where, where I saw him in that interview. Um, Charlie Hoffman at plus 8,000. Oh my God. All right. I'm loving that. I'm loving that. Yeah, how do you not pick Brooks? I have him in my DraftKings, which I'll post um, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, how can you not go Kepka? He's a, he's a Nicholas, um, but to win. And I have a love-hate pick for my win, my winners this week. Um, I'm gonna go with my hate. I'm gonna go Patrick Reed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at plus twenty. Both these guys are plus twenty eight hundred. I saw them both on there. They they caught my eye. Patrick Reed rolls the rock. And he's it, phenomenal short game around phenomenal the Phenomenal short game. His deal is going to be how he, how he plays off the tee. Uh, say what you want about Patrick Reed. Here's an interesting note on this. Isn't Torrey Pines where the uh, incident happened earlier this year? Yes, yes. Little, and he ended up winning. Know, cool little anecdote. So um, picking the previous winner at uh, at at, at Tory isn't too bad of a you yeah. know it might come off as a chalk pick, but he plays well out there. And when when the pressure's on, there's very few people that are better than Patrick Reed. That's all I got. Yeah, to say. no. Um, and like him son, or not, he's he's a fucking player. Like him or not, uh, and he's played well in, in pretty much all the majors this year. He hasn't had a, 
like too many terrible tournaments. I'm not even sure if he's missed a cut in a, in a while. Maybe he has. Um, but my second pick is somebody who's I, who I've been on all year. I predicted a big year from this this guy. Uh, you know, my my projections for 2021 have been pretty damn good so far. Um, Hovland was a popular pick, but he is definitely my guy uh, for this year in terms of an up and coming person who's player who's who's putting his uh, his flag on the map here. I got him again at plus 2800. Uh, I didn't pick him for a top 10 because there's so many other guys who I, I think that were were better odds at the top mm-hmm. 10. But I, I couldn't I couldn't pass up on him being a possible winner. I love Hovland. I've I've turned into a Hovland guy. I've won some cash on him, mm-hmm. betting him this year. What concerns me about him is if the if his approach game is off, my biggest concern in his game is around the greens. Around the greens. And uh, you know, like we we talked about, around the greens is where I think most of the carnage will be incurred here this week. And, and we and when you talk about short game, for for him, I think like his short there's there's short game and then there's like short, short game. And I think his short game's good. I think it's a short, short, short game, short game. That's not very good. He's just, he's a powerful guy, yeah. right? And so I think he's kind of yet to develop that veteran touch. Yep. Um, and if he does develop it or when he does develop it, because he's clearly skilled and mm-hmm. a fucking great player, look out. Um, because with his length and how he strikes the ball, that's, that's going to be a problem. Completely agree. Man, I'm excited. I can't wait for Thursday. Um, we'll be posting our picks. We post our picks tomorrow. I'm also in a in the in the big pool that that Mo hooked us up with. Um, so I'll be posting, you know, the uh, the pool picks, the DraftKings picks, picks DraftKings, our top probably, tens, probably our catch winners. us on a, on the story uh, this week. Kind of just you know shooting the jive about the tournament. Thursday and Friday we'll probably have some you know live commentary on uh, what's going on in the tournament. We'll hit the weekend and, and recap next Tuesday. I can't wait. Um, anything else you want to say? Uh, just in general on the golf schedule, I, this is great for both, for both, uh, PGA and LPGA, right? We got PGA championship two week or yeah, two weeks later, we've got ladies U S open week after that. We've got men's U S open next week. We have ladies, uh, KMPG PGA championship. So this is great. All these majors packed into June. Um, it's summer. Golf fans are out playing golf, having fun. It fucking Shit's just reopening. It's, San Francisco it's, reopened today. What's up? It's it's just um, nah. It's fucking great. June's a great month for golf. It's golf month, baby. Let's fucking go. Can't wait, man. I'll see you next week. That does it for this episode of the Sandy Pars Podcast. We want to thank you all for joining us. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast content. Join us next week as we unpack what we hope to be an exciting weekend at the U.S. Open. Also, we'll be including a special episode on one of golf's most iconic books on the mental game, Zen Golf by Dr. Joseph Parent. Lastly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at SandyParsGolf and visit our website, SandyPars.com, for a full library of podcasts and additional golf content like course reviews, reading guides, and more. Special thanks to our producer, Ryan Thiessen, and until next time, hit him straight.